Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Drum Network podcast. This time it's aligned with our audio deep dive, which is ongoing all this week on thedrum.com. Across the week, we've been talking about everything from social audio to ASMR to podcasts, basically everything that marketers need to know about audio in 2022. And to further that discussion, I'm delighted to be joined by three experts from across that audio space who I'm going to ask to introduce themselves now. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me, Chris. Um, yes, my name's Gabby. I'm one of the key account directors in the sales team at ACAST. We are the global market leading podcast company and we represent over 66,000 podcasts. So absolutely delighted to be on a podcast today because it feels like exactly the right place to be. Yeah, my name is Ian Schofield. I am currently based in Edinburgh. I work for APS Marketing uh, Group. So um, we work, we're a comms and marketing agency, international agency. We work with a diverse range of brands retail, automotive, um, charities, financial, a diverse range of brands, which translates to a diverse range of voices, um, which translates to a diverse range of podcasts. So I'm the head of uh, podcast production for APS Group. It's odd being this side <laughs> of the desk and the microphone. Um, it's thanks for having us on. It's really, it's uh, it's great to be here. Um, you know, you will kind of work in this field for so, I've worked been working this so many years. Sometimes you do forget what you're doing, what it, all, <laughs> what it all means and what it all stands for. So I'm Marta. I'm an influencer account manager at Disrupt. Um, what Disrupt is, is we're a data-powered influencer agency based in London. Really excited to be here today, especially because audio influencers have been Disrupt's focus topic this month. Very nice. Well, as anybody who's been on the drum.com over the past couple of weeks will have seen, we have been doing an enormous amount of audio content. And that's not just because it's you know my passion and I got to lead the uh, the deep dive this week, but it's also because there is hunger from advertisers and brands to actually speak to a new and vital audience across podcasting. So I wondered if we could begin by almost setting the scene for what some of those trends are around audience consumption of not just audio, but you know podcasting in general. So Gabby, can you tell us what are some of the... Uh, I suppose that the key trends you've seen in how audiences are engaging with podcasting content. You're on mute, sorry. That's a really, really great way to start audio. <laughs> the power of sound, isn't it? By being well, on mute. silence is a powerful tool as well. When, you when know it's what? Deployed. It really is. <laughs> um, yeah, no, brilliant um, question in terms of what you want to talk about. So, I suppose there's a few different things that we've seen, and kind of obviously with um, what we do at ACAS, but all about podcasts, but all about kind of the sort of the new and emerging trends. But kind of what we've seen over the past few years has been absolutely shaped by what we've all lived through in the last couple of years. And like I can't watch anything at the moment without having that referred to, but it is completely undeniable that podcasting, particularly, um, has boomed. And I suppose what's really exciting from our side of things in terms of the trends around consumption is particularly some of the trends around the diversification of listening. Mm. Um, I think historically, potentially, there's been more of a kind of sweet spot around 25 to 44s, but we're definitely seeing diversification of that audience um, from a listening point of view in terms of who we're seeing listening. And I think that's fueled by a few different things, particularly across younger and older demographics. So it's really interesting that Marta's on the call here today, because obviously we do, and we talk an awful lot about the kind of um, role that audio has to play in influencer marketing, mm-hmm. and kind of uh, links there are between the two. But there's absolutely no denying that we're seeing an awful lot more talent flocking to our network from TikTok and other social media platforms. Um, I literally just got a notification on Be Real. So I've, I hate to say, I've just taken my Be Real yeah. for, the, <laughs> for the two minutes and it's like, that's the new one. But there's kind of the platforms popping up left, right, and center. And I think podcasts are a really brilliant place that people are coming into to kind of um, 
broaden their audience and really speak to them on a really one-to-one more intimate level than they might get elsewhere. So um, yeah, whether it's kind of podcasts coming through from the likes of uh, Minnie Minter and Randolph from What's Good or Grace Beverly or having Tinks on as a guest recently to private parts, obviously mm. talking to me about ACAS podcasts here. Um, but yeah, the influence there is absolutely huge. And I think we're seeing the audience coming through definitely from radio, which is absolutely brilliant and learn an awful lot from radio here in podcasting. But I think we're seeing some of these audiences coming over where podcasting has that ability to be that much more agile and that much more reactive to what's going on in popular culture, which is, you know, where people really are interested. So, you know, I kind of talk an awful lot about things like Save Britney and Wagatha Christie because I absolutely love kind of the Daily Mail sidebar shape <laughs> one of the place to go. But ultimately, every single one of those things has been our podcast, whether it's from kind of the BBC or the, the Guardian and the Stories of Our Times from the Times kind of folk covering it. Or even I found in it the other day, a solicitor's podcast that had covered it from the actual ins and outs of it from a law point of view. So it's the sort of place that whatever you want to find out about content, you can and kind of podcasts absolutely react to that culture and also shape that popular culture as well. So it creates moments um, of talking points as well. Marta, what have we seen around that sort of that side of the industry? Are people looking to podcasting for that direct relationship? Yeah, I definitely think that they are. I think podcasting plays a huge, is a huge really in the influencer industry, especially, you know, when the pandemic hit, the rise in audio consumption and audio influencers was so incredible to see from our end, especially with podcasts. You know, even though audio influencers have always been quite popular, the popularity really shot up and increased during like really hard times. And I believe that is because people saw this as a way of escaping reality. Mm. You know, people were laughing about cringeworthy, funny events happening to a total stranger and having someone there telling you a story gave sort of like a glimmer of hope to people who were really struggling. And I believe that ever since the rise of audio and audio influencers and podcasts have really skyrocketed. That's totally, that makes a lot of sense. And that speaks to both kind of the strength of podcasting as a medium, but also to the strength of the personalities that use it. And Ian, then I wondered from an audience perspective, what do they expect now? It's obviously a medium that's relatively young, but at the same time, it has been around for years and years. Should we should we be expecting that audiences expect not just professionalism, but kind of a, a deep understanding of what the medium's strengths are? From a I think the, yeah, sorry. Uh, I think the, what an audience expects, because it's such a unique Medium, they 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 expect authenticity most of all. I think that's the most important thing. Um, I think I mean I hold my hands up from a from a standpoint from a, from the very early years of this. You you can become obsessed with quality. You become obsessed with you know you need to have the right microphone. You need to be on site. You need to be in a studio. You need to have a massive mixing desk. Essentially, you know we're not creating a hit album here. We're kind of we're having a conversation. Yeah, and it has to be about that conversation. And I think we've seen that. I think um, the guys touched on it that especially through the pandemic, people recording on Zoom, people recording on Teams, people using any platform that they could find, and. When it comes to like, you know, I know it's not all about awards, but I suppose recognition, industry recognition, you're having Zoom calls, top and tail Zoom calls winning major awards. Yeah. Whereas you were having professionally created pieces of audio were floundering, potentially because there was no authenticity there. So I think especially for for podcast, for podcast audiences, they they want authenticity because it's such an intimate um communi- communication tool. And I think. Uh, again, when we can sit and talk about this for hours, but that is something that, you know, when you talk about brands and when brands come into this space, they need to recognize that it's a very authentic space. It's not a, it's not a mass media space. Mm. It's you and 
you know, essentially one person behind a microphone telling you a story. So our audience expect that, and they're they're incredibly um, sensitive to that. And if it isn't authentic, if there is a sniff or a hint that they're trying to, that they're being sold something, yeah, they will turn off and they will go somewhere else, or they will listen to one episode. They'll try two, you know, because everybody tries two episodes regardless. Uh, even if it's a bad Netflix show, people people try two episodes, but uh, then they'll fall off and they'll go somewhere else. Um, so that authenticity is central and is core and is 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 the most important part. I wish I had that discipline to to cut ties with something after I've tried two and they've been bad. Instead of like sunk cost gets me straight away. But you yeah, mentioned I'm ruthless. I'll, I'll I'm ruthless. I'll cut it off. I'll be- I see. I need to start doing that. Me and my girlfriend need to start doing that much more rigorously. But one of the things you mentioned there is that brands are sort of increasingly looking at those consumption habits you mentioned and seeing it as an opportunity not just to do you know, revenue plays but also for community growth. So yeah. I'm going to throw this open to the entire panel. Um, who do you think is doing this really really well? Who's really investing in podcasting and their podcast content strategy from a brand perspective from our side of things i think it's a really interesting one because we've got an awful lot of brands on board and you know you know you're working with a lot of different diverse brands and kind of diverse creators and i think we're seeing real kind of mixtures of how people are doing it we've got incredible brands that work with us in a really long-term partnership relationship with the likes of hello fresh um perhaps sainsbury's who have kind of really looked at the long-term strategies they've now got in place which i think is a really brilliant thing when it comes to audio and possibly something that hasn't really been done before. I think it's, there's always been that kind of risk that audio has been seen as potentially more last minute, mm. um, kind of an add-on to anything. Whereas I think people are really changing their strategies to how they use audio now, which I think is really exciting because they can see the real benefit in kind of partnering either with a fully existing brand in terms of when I say brand in that respect, I mean the actual podcast brand, um, whether it means creating their own branded podcast as well, which is sort of seeing huge benefits from, and I'm sure Ian um, knows only too well, I'm sure Marta as well, but I think it's that kind of long-termism now that people are seeing and a real shift into that and where they can tap into communities and they've already got an engaged listenership that they kind of know who they want to speak to. And yes, there's a bit of a leap of faith kind of when you're kind of definitely starting from scratch with something from new, but also equally partnering up front with something over the long term. But I think there's some really incredible benefits that can be had from that. We um we recently worked with Brewdog and the Peace Crouch podcast, which was kind of an absolute no-brainer of a mm. Uh, partnership because they actually created a um Lau, I don't know if anyone listens to the podcast on here, but it was something that kind of spawned a huge amount of engagement beyond the podcast and like kind of listeners absolutely interacted with it, absolutely loved it. Um they've seen huge uptake in terms of kind of initial sort of you know the performance side of things. But what it's going to do hopefully in the long term for kind of the brand perception and the shift in awareness of you know creating a long-term product is like a legacy that can mm. obviously be built out of that audio campaign. So it's kind of yeah, I think seeing that shift into like long-termism with audio and creating your your sonic sound within podcasts, um, ultimately so that you kind of own that space because sound is such a hugely important um, space to be in. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, go on, Martin. I completely agree. I mean, yeah, feed, like feeding into that, I think sound plays a huge role in how humans perceive content, making it such a powerful marketing tool for brands. You know, you can take... Think of Netflix, for example. I could be upstairs in the other room. My partner turns on Netflix downstairs. I'd recognize that famous straight away. <laughs> yeah, the didn't. <laughs> and I also think that brands are incorporating TikTok more and more in their marketing strategies. You know, TikTok is purely based on sound and creating challenges and that nostalgic feeling within people. And this can have a huge impact and a huge positive impact on engagement. 
I wonder then, to what extent is it uh, is that a strength that is unique to, I suppose, podcasting? We we should dr- really drill into that. And how much of that sort of long term brand building is is possible through things like you know the use of audio in social on platforms like Discord? And what do you see as being sort of the, I suppose, anything that's unique to podcasting when it comes to that long term brand growth? Um, I think it's it's the democratization of the of the medium. I think I think it's the the diversity of what you can actually do with it. Um, mm. I think a couple of examples, and it's kind of feeding into what Marta and Gabby said before. Stuff like the Churchill Insurance podcast, um, little chap is a chill. I think it's absolute genius. They're not selling. It's it's so far removed from insurance. Not selling you anything. I think that's the the kind of the crux of it. A lot of podcasters don't want to be sold, and stuff like Play Next from BMW, um, the association with new music. Um, mm. and it's, you know, even new music is a, is a, is a risky thing to do because, you know, music is, you know, one man's music, another man's noise, all that kind of stuff. So a risky thing to do from BMW, I mean, getting either Bowman in was, you know, it's a stroke of genius, but also, you know, new music, new kind of new technology, all that kind of stuff. So I think it's, it just lends itself to, there's no rules. Again, you kind of go back to authenticity. As mm. long as that is there, then, you know, everything, everything is in play. Um, and that can build, I think, what, what builds better brand um, connectivity and longevity than a brand that isn't trying to sell you something. A brand that actually cares enough to give you something, like, for example, Churchill's Insurance, Little Chaps of Chill, to keep your kids quiet in a car. I mean, that's it's it's fantastic. It, that is a, and it's, it's such it's, a good idea, yeah. Yeah, it's such a great idea. And it's kind of like, well, they're not actually trying to sell me. They're not forcing anything on me. They're actually trying to help me out. Um so that just it's it's such a deeper brand engagement, and I mean it, you know brands have to be careful because again if that authenticity isn't there, then you're you're gonna you're gonna kind of trip yourself up. But mm. if you get it right and use the medium the way it's supposed to be used, then it's just it's so powerful. One of the things that we had said over the uh, that we've had said repeatedly over the course of the audio deep dive, which we're going all this week, is you know the fact that it's effectively the oldest communications tool. It's effectively the oldest marketing tool as well as having yeah. sort of a really strong audio message. Um, but obviously, as part and parcel of what we do at the drum, we like to talk about the commercial opportunities as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm going, to, I'm going to throw this to the panel. I'm going to ask what in 2022 are some of the best ways, the best examples you've seen of people monetizing audio content. Is it by aligning it with kind of programmatic you know dynamic ad insertion is it sponsorships which or or is it kind of the creation of those bespoke uh audio products like the churchill podcast that you just mentioned there which actually do add something to kind of the halo effect around a brand what would you all say are some of the kind of the most interesting ways that we've seen audio being monetized over the last couple of years yes so in my opinion, um, sponsorships and audio are probably the best way to monetize audio content. For example, podcast sponsors are huge. Mm. With the help of one, you can monetize your podcast as well as build long-term relationships with brands. And I also do feel that like host-read ads are massive as well. So for those of you who don't know, this is when a host speaks about a product, service, or brand in their own like really creative way, like really selling it to their audience. And I just think that's 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 a great way to do it. 
there's there's a real danger. So outside of the uh, the drum podcast, I do I do a couple of other ones, and we've done a couple of host read ones, and two of the so we did one for coffee, for instance, and two my two co-hosts on there they drink coffee all the time. I I'm not a coffee drinker, and so I had to sort of like try to I just, in, by the end I was recusing myself from the from the ad read entirely because it just felt to to go back to your point, Ian. So Where's the authentic, authentic voice, Chris? Well, Where's exactly. The there wasn't voice? one. I was just sat there going. Put Ian in there from the signs of it. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah, we'll, we'll draft you next. Time. There we go. Anytime, anytime you want me in there for coffee, go for I, it. But by the end, I was just like reduced to sitting there going, yeah, the only way I felt like I could meaningfully contribute. But so, yeah, I can't see my about... face, so it's fine. <laughs> well, unless obviously with the rise of video podcasts now, that's going to be very different. Yeah, but, um, what, one of the things then that we, that, that Marta brought up is this idea that you can actually deepen the relationship with a with a single brand there if you're doing it through a sponsorship. Do we think that there is uh, headroom there for growth in terms of actually specific audio creation that aligns with your kind of a sponsor's um, desires and needs as well as kind of the, those people who are actually creating the audio content? Yeah, yeah, I think, I mean, I think th- there is, I mean, there's a huge amount of growth there. It's, it's a tricky one. Well, maybe it's not tricky. It's, I'd be, fa- I'm going to be fascinated to see where it goes mm. because podcasting is a relatively young medium and, you know, we've been there like 10, maybe 15 years in and it has a traditional audience, which gets everything for free. And there's that community has been built up on the basis of the fact that, you know, the middlemen aren't there anymore. There are no gatekeepers. It's a, it's a transmission from the, the creator to the audience. And there's nothing that stands in between that. You start pulling in subscriptions that can, it becomes exclusive, uh, not inclusive, but will the, will the medium itself and the audience be tolerant of that? And will it kind of, will, will the, you know, the, the creative aspect of that, outweigh the fact for subscriptions. So I think, you know, again, it sounds a bit on the fence, but I think everything is in play. And I think subscriptions, things like subscriptions and ad insertions are going to be, I'll be fascinated to see where it actually goes Mm. and how both of them travel the traditional community aspect of podcasting, plus the monetization of it, how they both grow together. so in essence, Chris, what I'm saying is I can't give you an answer. Well, I think that's that's a that is in and of itself a really good answer because, like you said, there is so much to play. It's still a relatively kind of nascent uh, opportunity here, and we've only seen significant investment in, I suppose, the 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 tech that underpins kind of some of the ads and mm. you know subscription models in podcasting mm. of the last couple of years. And Gabby, you'll obviously have a very different point of view, I suppose, from any of us on this. I wondered, what do you think think are some of kind of the most vital dynamic ways of actually monetizing audio? content at the moment both from a creative point of view and from a brand one yeah i think it's a really interesting one because i think the whole situation with podcasts and the playoff you've got is constantly between kind of three key elements it's the brand the creator and the listener and i think we talk a lot about how the most important relationship to us is the creator and the listener and kind mm. of a, what brand then benefits from that is almost kind of a byproduct almost because you know we've talked a lot about authenticity on this and it is exactly everything that we say about podcasting and why it's such a brilliant place um and you know in terms of how you're monetizing podcasts and the best ways of doing it i honestly don't think there's a right answer to that ultimately because for every brand every creator every listener there's genuinely something that like different that could be at play here and so we kind of you know we're it's a relatively new medium. It's still a relatively new kind of set of ways of accessing it in terms of what you can do. We're still a lot of testing in place as to what works and what doesn't. We might launch a product one month and then sort of see uptake on it higher or lower. So mm. I think it's a bit like I'm not, not committing to finance necessarily in terms of what there is. <laughs> I think, you know, everything that we do, 
we like to make sure that we tailor it and we kind of look for key elements of what we're doing for the brand that's happened to make sure that it's going to be the best possible kind of campaign for them, whether they're looking for reach through kind of big awareness driving ads and some brilliant ways of personalizing them, whether it's through kind of 3D audio or ASMR or kind of genuine personalization in terms of calling out location and name and things like that and the amazing tech that we've got open to us there, which we can also now insert into sponsorship, which is a really new thing. And so suddenly you can have Jesse and Lenny Ware talking about various different locations and calling out your name in a, in a sponsorship, in an aud- in a sponsorship ad potentially, which possibly a little bit creepy, but also really cool. <laughs> you know, people Especially if you listen to 2 a.m. Especially yeah. if it's at 2 a.m. and you've taken some time out, you know, and you're listening to Is It Normal and you're breastfeeding and you suddenly hear Jesse talking directly to you. But that's tapping into yeah. a community and, you know, in itself it creates engagement and it kind of is a, you know, it's a real one is tapping into that kind of immersive nature. And then you've got bigger branded pieces and kind of obviously incredible dwell time, incredible kind of engagement you can access through whether segments, sponsored stories, big branded episodes that kind of completely feed into kind of what brand and commercial campaign is at the time. But I think in terms of monetization, Mm. it's going to be an interesting development. We've recently started with kind of ACAS Plus here, where obviously brands um, sort of, you know, brands are not actually listeners are almost kind of given the option to sign up and subscribe to certain podcasts um, on a monthly basis. They'll release obviously bonus content, they'll access certain features. But ultimately, what's really important for us, and obviously as a sales team and across all the brands we speak to, is that it's still the most important thing for creators is kind of ensuring their listeners are rewarded, whether it's through mm. good ads and good sponsorships, because it's a two, it's, you know, it's all about brand integrity, but also kind of beyond that as well. So yeah, I think that payoff between those three is always going to be there. And it's kind of kind of finding the right balance to make sure that everyone is rewarded in their own way. Being a sort of very forward-facing look at audio, I wondered if we could maybe go around and sort of say what we're most excited about in terms of the next frontier for audio content. Is it a push into, you know, almost a return to um, the, doing audio content live in a way that, you know, we've seen with some of the kind of the bigger podcasts have gone and on arena tours now? Is it pushing into uh, podcasts being turned into TV? You know, what are we most excited about when it actually comes to the next frontier, let's say, for for audio content. Gabby? Yeah, good question. I think I could, this is probably one where I could sit here and uh, answer to all of those. Beyond the Pod is something in terms of like the digital might live that um, we're like absolutely hugely kind of uh, selling and we've seen people saying outstanding. So I think we saw a a panel recently, 81% of podcast listeners want to see their favourite podcast live. Um, So like there's huge, huge appetite in that space. And there's also incredible ways that brands can get involved in that from like an experiential point of view, which is super fun as a podcast salesperson to try and learn how to kind of get involved and sell that and, you know, do that justice. But I think from our point of view, it's all about kind of leaning into that, you know, conversation and kind of how podcasts can open that up. And, you know, nine times out of 10 briefs that we get, the reason we get them is because it's about kind of opening up conversation and leading conversations or starting them that might not be there. And podcasts offer that really incredible safe space to be able to do that. And so we're working with kind of our creators to make sure that we can be at the forefront of kind of conversational targeting. Um, So we've kind of got speech to text uh, technology unlocking episodic targeting beyond kind of just you know genre show where we've historically been kind of bound more by those typical category-led targeting options which we're absolutely still here for we're all about the contextual cookie-less targeting obviously with the eventual removal of cookies from google in 2024 or wherever Wherever, whenever they decide that it's eventually push back and push back (laughs) we'll get there eventually so we're ready 
Um, it's it's very much yeah. sort of like, are we nearly there yet? Yes, we're nearly there type thing. It's the kids in the car. It's just, yeah, it's just keeping us busy it? in the back, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but, you know, in light of that, we kind of wanted to, you know, really make sure that what we're offering in terms of targeting, and this is just looking at ads because, you know, we've got obviously a whole load of other things, but make sure that brands can target relevant conversations. And that's what pods are really all about ultimately. So it kind of means that we can open shows up to brands that might've been previously blocked by more sort of general content categorization, better monetize the content for hosts. So again, going back to that relationship playoff between the three parties. And ultimately it means that, you know, where we can't listen to absolutely every single conversation had across our network, the wider podcasting network, because obviously we just don't have enough hours in the day. And I've got an overwhelming amount of podcasts I'm subscribed to at the moment. I can't listen to any more. Um, but it means that that tech can kind of do that for us and they can hear organic mentions about sofas or certain loved brands, whether it's Greg's or Pret or Domino's. And we can use that to then offer brands a real way of kind of monetizing that incredibly relevant and incredibly contextually. And we're really excited to also see what brands might do with that tech beyond what we've even thought of. Mm. Um, I think it's a really amazing opportunity to be quite disruptive in market as well and just kind of go beyond just, you know, that sort of more obvious ways of using the tech through IB category or conversation targeting and yeah, you know, look at it from a different angle entirely. Nice. That's fantastic. And that, I know that that's going to be so relevant to a lot of the people who are listening to this. So yeah, thank you for that. Ian, then what would you say from kind of your perspective is something that you're really, really excited about either in the in, either in terms of audio production or in kind of how we're distributing and deploying that audio content? Um, I mean, I, I totally hear what Gabby's saying. I think it's, it's going to be a brave new world with um, uh, automated kind of the automated tech coming into uh, you know the production side and kind of marketing side of it. Um, I'm really interested to see from a source of production and create, create and concept side, of kind of the merging of, of genres of the traditional podcast genre of, you know, uh, say like a round table or an interview and see what, uh, and bring in other aspects of, of traditional radio, I suppose. Um, I saw a fantastic example of a financial, uh, financial company. I think it was the pensions company. I've forgotten the name of it, but what they did, I'll keep, uh, they essentially, it was like the archers meets retirement advice. Right. It was fantastic. Okay. It, it was incredible. It's the best way I can describe it. But what they did is instead of like, um, so it was, it's basically taking like a soap genre, mm. a radio soap genre, and pulling it into the creative space of a podcast for a financial company. Now, those three things together should not go. You know, you pull them out. It's hard to picture. Yeah. You pull those three things out of a sock drawer and you're going to have a long day. Um, <laughs> so it was it, it was fascinating. They basically, they, they took a, a, a uh, retirees from um, a it was an amateur dramatics company who were all within retirement age and they're all retired and then followed them as a story for a period like for two series and just let them go as almost like a so they were essentially instead of like selling you what retirement is and this is what you should do for retirement you should be saving except this all that kind of the usual um, uh, financial advice stuff. Mm. They basically, they just let them, almost let them run free across the airwaves and said, right, these are people's lives. These are real stories of a certain group who are now in retirement. And this is what they're doing. And it was fascinating and it was incredible. And it was, um, it was all, as I said, I'm going to go back to it, it was, but whoever thought about putting almost like a, a radio soap together with a financial podcast. Yeah. So I'm kind of, and that's just the start. You know, I think I think there's going to be, I think people might start looking, I think creators and production might start looking back into the archives and say, right, let's maybe, let's move on from one-to-one -one interviews. Let's move on from panel discussions. Let's move on. Let's really push that creativity and really start to immerse people in 
value stories which are gonna you know which are gonna become soaps and not so being able to that kind of operatic in their own way yeah um and i kind of suppose it feeds back to you know what kind of uh, what gabby's been gabby and mark have touched on as well about how brands will come into this space and what that means for brands to be in the space um it's, yeah it's hard to think about how you could have done that particular idea any other way apart from audio and have it work yeah no absolutely yeah i think yeah exactly you've nailed it it wouldn't have worked any other way and so, Marta, I was a couple of, um, I think this was now a couple of days ago, I was looking on Disruption, they published their list of kind of the, you know, favorite podcasts, and one of them was the Women in Tech podcast. To what extent, then, do we think that the, the audio format and, and podcasting in particular is still aspirational and it's allowing people to tell those very personal stories in a way that is, you know, so vital, but also in a way that probably couldn't be told anywhere else? Yeah, I mean, I think that podcast is absolutely incredible. It's not just, you know, like entertaining in a way, but it is also a podcast that you can really, really learn from. And I do think that podcasts that you can really learn from can actually seriously be turned into like documentaries. I really do think that this will happen in the future. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'd be completely wrong, but this is my position. <laughs> I think that podcasts will be turned into movies, soaps, like Ian mentioned, documentaries. And, you know, there are so many important podcasts out there, but there are also so many fictional podcasts out there that can be turned maybe into books, you know, mm-hmm. to provide, provide a really good read for their audience as well. Yeah, really interesting, that kind of the extension of an IP from that started as a podcast outside of that. So obviously we saw that with uh, Welcome to Night Vale and a couple of those those kind of other fictionalized, serialized pieces of content, which is absolutely fascinating. But then as we sort of come to the tail end of this discussion, and like we said, we could have spoken about this for hours and hours and hours, um, what do the panel think are going to be kind of the biggest drivers of change then? And who do we think are going to be sort of the biggest instigators of change within the audio space? Is it going to be those platforms like Spotify, who are investing heavily in uh, ad tech and exclusives? Is it going to be the you know, increasingly diverse range of creators who are coming in through incubators? I know Acast has got one like that. So kind of really inc- uh, increasing the diversity of the audio space. Where do we think that the biggest driving uh, of that change is coming from? Marta, could we stick with you for that one, please? Yeah. So in my opinion, I think that a lot less people will be sat watching TV. A lot more people will be listening to audio in the future. You know, there are so many people out there that have Alexa's or Google Nest, including me, that read yep. out the news for the morning or, you know, if you're cooking and you don't know what you're cooking, you know, they would read out a recipe instead of you having to go through a recipe book or look online. So I think audio is going to massively dominate the space more than it already has. And I think traditional music streaming companies like Spotify are going to start dominating the podcast market way more as well. And I also think, I know I keep coming to TikTok, but that is going to be the leading, leading platform and it's all down to audio. Ian, what would you say then as some of the kind of the biggest causes of change that we're going to see in audio and the evolution and maturation of the audience space over the next couple of years? Sometimes when I think about this, my heart sinks <laughs> a little. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I think... It's going to be, I mean, it's going to be driven by, I mean, if you look at what Spotify have been doing over the last two, three, four years, um, we're going to be, uh, the same in every other medium, and media kind of, it's going to be driven by ad revenue, it's going to be driven by money, it's going to be driven by, you know, there is a, there's an end goal here, um, and let's not kind of miss around, but I think, again, I kind of go back to, I'm going to be fascinated to see how that evolves, because there's an audience out there who will not be fooled 
because of the medium that this is. Now, I think you know Spotify's grab will continue, and these companies will, you know, that's their 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 model, and that's you know that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, that's what they do. I'm not, I'm, I'm not criticizing that, but it's going to be interesting because this is the first time, you know, this medium has been commodified and commercialized, mm. and it's going to be very interesting to see how an audience, a community, reacts to that. And I think if these companies are clever enough they will acknowledge that you know you can't lose your audience in any kind of medium you can't lose your audience um but i think you know i think i think ad revenue subscriptions uh will be driving the next phase of the, the next the next revolution of this and do you know what? in all honesty if creators can make livings off make posts then brilliant fantastic you know i'm all for that because it's such a it's such a, a democratic medium and if more people can get involved with it and more people can kind of can can uh, you know um can make a living off it then fantastic um and i hope that isn't lost so uh so yeah my heart doesn't sink too far <laughs> but i do i do um i'm going to watch with interest and fascination but i think ultimately it's going to come back back down to the creators mm. whatever happens whatever evolves in the next 5 10 years we will have to look back at the creators because they are, you know, they're they're they are the the foundation of this, and um, that's not going to be lost. And Gabby, you were nodding very vigorously along to that <laughs> sort of that, that affirmation of the uh, the primacy of the creators. There is that something that you sort of see as being inherent to the kind of the the maturation of audio. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's important to say here that like there's going to be huge like tech advances, absolutely, and we're an open ecosystem here. Like we're here to kind of you know it's not just about I guess about Spotify global and kind of the brilliant kind of companies we work with alongside that, but the creators are at the heart of this, absolutely. And I think what's really exciting about the kind of coming initial couple of years and beyond. It's like to see who kind of becomes the next big players in podcasting, because I'm sure we could all sit here and reel off our favourites and like kind of our go-tos, but it's who's next. And you just don't know where that might take us because ultimately a lot of the time the creators are what drive the kind of content that's then produced beyond that, whether it's within kind mm. of a branded space or beyond. Um, so yeah, I think it's really important. It's, and, you know, it's, it's definitely important to make sure that we're amplifying the kind of unheard voices and making sure that podcasting is completely representative of the world we live in today. And I think there's a long way to go with that still in terms of kind of, and you can look at this from any different angle and it's what we see a lot from brands and how they want to come to us with audio. And there's some brilliant players doing this really well in terms of just even outside of audio, like channel four is someone that I absolutely admire as a media platform, a media company for what they're doing, with kind of black voices and sustainability and some of the content they're producing. Um, I saw recently the best use of audio. I think the shortest was nice day actually for the Media Week Awards. And sorry to talk about another publication. Um, but the best use of it's audio actually just cut that bit out. Um, it was Channel Four though, and it was the use of um, audio with uh, the the RNIB um, and making sure that it's the world's biggest audio described ad break. And I think mm. that's incredibly important. I know changes on our network is now visually. Um, accessible podcasts so it's all the episodes are completely transcribed for example so that you can then follow up and obviously it's completely accessible to all so I think that's so important and it's kind of making sure that yeah you know people are supported into the kind of space and they've got the the backing from brands and big players to make sure that they can kind of amplify their voice and I think there's a certain amount of tech that can do that as well with things like Podchaser that we've recently acquired it's basically the IMD of podcasting and it's absolutely huge. And ultimately, I think I said, mentioned it before, but discoverability is so mm. key because whilst podcasts have grown and are still growing and we're seeing, I think, 45% of people that have started listening to podcasts have done so in the last 12 months. 
we want that number to keep growing because we're all in the podcast game here um, and audio game. So, you know, things like that are really great to kind of keep that discoverability and keep bringing new audiences and new listeners into the market, which is what's really exciting. Nice. Perfect. Well, as we come to the end of the podcast, then I wondered, could we maybe go around and share where the listeners can get in contact with us? Because I know that on that insanely quick whistle-stop tour through everything to do with audio, social audio, TikTok, everything, that you will all have said a number of things that are bound to capture the imagination of one or two of the listeners at very least. So Gabby, where can people find you if they want to get in contact? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So best place is they probably hit me up on LinkedIn. Um, I'm relatively easy to find Gabriella Cox and that's COX, which I have to announce every single time I tell people that. <laughs> um, or otherwise, yeah, just we've got Sales UK um, email address to ACAST. Like get in touch with us as everyone waiting to waiting to, to take your call, take your email, and we will wax lyrical like podcasts for you for hours on end if need be. Very nice. And Ian? Yeah, uh, similar. You can find me on LinkedIn. Um, it's probably the best place. Ian Schofield just dropped me a message. And if you want to, you can contact the APS group as well. And everything will get rooted to myself. Um, if you want to, yeah, just get in touch. We can have a conversation. Um, a a long, a long convoluted rambling conversation <laughs> about, yeah. And, um, and yeah, yeah, please get in touch. That's fine. That's the best use case for audio anyway, is those long rambling conversations. Exactly. Please do stick around and go to thedrum.com where we talk about this stuff regularly. In addition, we've been running our audio deep dive all this week where we've been featuring insight and expertise from practitioners within the audio market and some top level forward featuring articles all about what brands and marketers can expect from audio over the next couple of years. But for now, Gabby, Ian, Marta and for listeners, thank you so much and goodbye. Goodbye.